0: So much potential God has given all of us, and my my sole goal is to help people understand that, find it, grow it, and then release it. I mean, it's real. That it's that simple because help people help me find that in myself. And whether it was my parents, whether it was a little league baseball coach, whether it was band director. You know, it, it's, so, it's so easy not to take the time now to just have an encouraging message to someone, you got this, or, and I love the way you did it, insanely specific. So that just, I believe doing that creates its own ripple.
1: Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. All right, y'all know I love words so much that I started a publishing house. Uh, I also love words so much that I've been podcasting every single week for the last five years. I I speak, oh lordy, sometimes seven hours a day with barely enough water to keep my palate wet. Uh, but <laughs> that's my own problem. I need to practice hydration better and have my water on my desk. Anyhow, I am not here to talk to you about hydration, though. The words connected to this show are so hydrating. We know the living word is hydrating. And my friend Bruce Pulver, he showcases that in such a unique way, specifically through acronyms. And so if you aren't familiar with acronyms or you don't have the regular practice, the habit of, of sharing an acronym, whether it's through your coaching methodology, whether it's through your curriculum, whether it's through encouragement to other people, He has turned this into a book, which is our coffee table book. We love it so much. And he's even challenged me in a couple of really unique ways that you're going to hear about here, uh, associated to words, associated to language, associated to TEDx speaking. How can you interweave your faith into all of those things? Even if you have it, uh, dedicated towards a secular market who maybe has never even read the Bible, maybe doesn't know the word of God, maybe has not been connected or is in relationship with Jesus one thing I'm really passionate about when I think about being fit in faith. It's uh, founders, innovators, and trailblazers. And a lot of you all might never be an entrepreneur. And it's not everybody's call. It's not everybody's prerogative. And so as a leader, you're leading your family, you're leading your friends, you are leading someone somewhere. It's really critical for us to understand how to be fully fit in faith. And it's connected to not just how you showcase God in the tangibility of who He is, but also in the intangibility, which is ultimately the fruit. And Bruce has a lot of fruit, but he's not fruity. So listen, (laughs) I had to. I'm sorry. My pastor says that all the time and it makes me laugh. I love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning into the Fit and Faith podcast. And I pray that you learn something new today. And if not, you uh, create a new habit that will actually help you propel in all of the ways that you create perspective every single day. Perspective is the lens in which we show up. And this is going to shift that in the best way possible. All right, y'all tune in. Listen up. For such a time as this, we must grow our faith and business muscles. The self-help industry is trying to own spirituality and well-being. The entrepreneurial space is becoming flooded with business pursuits focused on success instead of sustenance. But the only one who can make us fully whole, fully free, and fully alive is Jesus. So I'm ecstatic you walked into this hypothetical gym today. I'm your trainer, Tamara Andress, also coined an entrepreneurial rabbi. Teaching the pursuits of God, which unveil our purpose and ultimately unleash our desired provision. This FIT acronym is for founders, innovators, and trailblazers. Here, marketplace ministers conversate and educate to build others from the inside out while also sharing their testimonies of endurance. So, while it's not a fitness podcast, I do surely care about your mental, physical, emotional, relational, financial, and spiritual health. You're going to hear all about it. If you're passionate about your becoming journey, leading others to greatness, and living a life of abundance and joy, then you're well on your way to being fit in faith. Let's hydrate. All right, welcome, welcome to the Fit and Faith podcast. You guys, I just got onto a new platform, and there are a lot of things I love about it. It's eCam, in case you're curious. Um, but there's one thing that drives me nutty, is these incredible intro trailers that we create for our guests, such as Bruce Pulver, who's here with us today. They don't get to see it. They only get to hear it. So you guys have to scour the internet afterwards and find the little gift that we create for you. But Bruce, as I was watching the trailer that was created for you, there it was like this beautiful little tune and you and your smile connected to that tune. I'm like, if there was ever a song to decide to describe Bruce Pulver, this might be it. It might not be your intro music, but it's your like everyday music. It made me so happy.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Hi.
1: So, so grateful. You guys, this has been a relationship that has blossomed off of Clubhouse. Man, you know, Clubhouse had its uh, stint in my life. Kind of had a foothold in looking back, honestly, for about twenty twenty to through twenty twenty one. And I was really grateful to see it go, even though I still pop in there from time to time. Uh, it doesn't have that same stronghold, but there were some beautiful things that came from it. And surely, it was friendships like yours that uh, we get to nurture.
0: Oh, absolutely, and you know, just. The positivity, the optimism, the expectation that that comes with the humility, right, and, and reality that life has its things we all deal with, and I just love the way that you have put that together, and, and it's it's a very real environment, and you know we all grow from that because we know we've got opportunities for growth, and we've not all completely blossomed. So I just love being in that space where it's about the conversation.
1: Yeah, I agree. It was so fun. I was at this conference called the She Speaks Conference by Lisa Turkers this past week. And uh, this gal comes up to me and she's like, acts and in inner coming energy towards me. Like we have known each other forever and I'm good at like, like mirroring that energy anyway. I have that kind of natural energy. And, uh, she's like, you don't know me, but I know you, we have been on clubhouse together for years. I'm like, yay, I like real life people. So you and I have not yet got to be together in person. This is probably our first real in-person experience besides the talking bubble on our phone. And so I'm excited for people, uh, to get to know, you and even before this experience, I got to know you, your heartbeat behind the book that you sent me in the mail and. If anybody knows me, they know I love words and they know that I love books. I'm a publisher after all for that reason. Um, But you guys have got to get your hand on this. It's called Above the Chatter, Our Words Matter, Powerful Words That Changed My Life Forever. And so Bruce is not just an author. He's a TEDx speaker. He's a global speaker, in fact, as well. And he, I mean, I could go down his whole bio, which I will, in the intro to the intro. Um, But Bruce, I just want to jump into conversation with you. I want them to hear your voice and the heartbeat behind everything that you do on a consistent basis now?
0: Oh, well, Thank you. First of all, everything is a gift. Everything has been a gift from God from from day one. And we'll go back and talk about day one if if we have a moment. But, uh, you know, God has blessed me, my family, uh, my mom. uh, On the day I was born, it was a tragic heart condition that she had in labor with me, and God just swooped in. Mm. With surgeons in hand and nurses and neighbors and church members, this is many years ago and she uh, she uh, survived what's called a dissecting aortic aneurysm during labor wow first mother who had ever survived that longer than 72 hours she, she bought 60 days before she saw me wow. father was a silent patient in the whole situation but we were blessed to have two visiting professors from Tulane University who were at Yale which is where i was born in Cheshire in New Haven Connecticut wow. um, they were there they came over. They were working on on aortic valve replacement and all everything that my mother needed, wow. and he didn't quit. He fought the battle, and so I was raised, Demma, in that setting of gratitude, uh, as well as my father's love of words and his patience were just things that just became part of our fabric. Um, so it wasn't you know this 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 massive thing that happened later in life that kind of woke me up. It was it was something that was sort of a a slow but but intentional walk and talk, watching my parents just be so faithful and so grateful for life.
1: Wow. Wow. That is very, very different than a lot of people's stories that come on this show. And I've been doing this for five years um, and I'm processing, one, the beauty of that, right? The fact that you didn't have to go through that like pull the rug up from underneath you kind of moment. But simultaneously, it's been told that people are experiencing trauma as early as birth, right? Birth, Birthing and being birthed in the birth canal is traumatic, even for the woman, but even more so for the child. Um, so it's interesting that that was kind of the the birthing place, no pun intended and pun fully intended, of what God was going to do through you and your, your mom's resilience, I mean, um, Lisa Huey is here live with us right now, who you, I know you're hanging out with his husband or her husband just a couple of minutes ago golfing, but yeah. she's just talking about the miracle that is. And that's truly the word that it is. It's a total miracle. And you got to walk out living a miracle life alongside her. I'm sure there were many moments where she was like, remember, remember, right? Remember. Um, and so that's a huge testimony. When in the midst of that, did you really start grabbing hold to words?
0: Yeah. So, uh, well, dad was just a word nut. And, um, you know, when you're 14 or 15 years old and you bring friends over and then you realize you don't want to bring your friends over <laughs> because your dad's going to be the fun guy or someone's going to come in and say something. I don't know about you, but that was me. And so you kind of turn off from it a little bit and you go, OK, dad, this is crazy. I mean, I did the TED talk about the, the plays that he wrote and, and the characters names in the play. Um, you know, he would have the, the, the minister in the play who was incredibly brilliant with the Old Testament and with the New Testament. And her name was Pastor Present. Yeah. Really, Dad, come on. Okay, guys, we've got to leave. We can't listen to this anymore. And the nurse did this one's for Lisa, the nurse at the, at the hospital. Her name was Ophelia Pulse. Uh, yes. So, so that, that that probably was the starter. A little bit. Um, you know, I, I was a music major in college for my first year, and I've always loved music. My father was a musician. And the way, one way that I got back to music was I would write uh, reviews for emerging artists, new tunes, whether it was That's streaming fine. or TVs. And that was so much fun. And it kind of got me a little bit around, you know, visual writing, like alliteration. And, and you know, I would talk about a, a, a group that sounded so good. It was so comfortable. It was, it was, it was like a loosely knit sweater. Mm. And so I would use these. I was given this gift to write that had this way of kind of drawing a picture without using art. And so that that kept going and kept growing. But the real, what I call, BAM moment in my life, you know, I said everything was so grateful and everything was expectation. Work hard, everything works out for the best. The Lord has a plan for you, etc. Both of my parents passed. And I was in the healthcare industry for 25 years, and that progress continued, right? I mean, it was this position, then this one, and then I moved into a different type of role in a company and it was that, that was sort of the world And all of a sudden um, I suffered a layoff of a massive quantity within this company. 500 of my, me and my closest friends were, were let go. And mm. that's when I had that moment where, wait a minute, this, this isn't, this isn't a glide. And, and I don't mean it a glide like everything came easy, but right. Just, it was what? Wait a minute. 25 years. You must be thinking to somebody else. You know, you spelled my name wrong. I was All that stuff, right? And then you wake up, you're driving home and you go, wait a minute. This is real. And yeah. and the emotions in probably 30 minutes time was up and down. Everything. And the following moment in the morning, exactly the next morning, I woke up and didn't really know what to do, but a word pounded in my head and I keep a a notepad by my, by my bed and the word strong came pounding in my head. And that's the cover of the book. I wrote that word vertically and it became stand tall, remain optimistic. Now go for it. And I went, okay, I'll stop there because there's more to the story. But that's really when it started.
1: Well, I love the, the element and the evolution of it. And I think a lot of times when people are thinking about maybe stepping out on their own or they've been let go and we know there was the mass exodus of, of just jobs and whether it was chosen or forced um, during COVID, which is kind of where Clubhouse took its root, right? Uh, yeah. Is this knowing that often people think they have to start from scratch and I love that you didn't. You actually got to start back by tracing kind of your your storyline without really knowing that words have been such an impact in your life, regardless if you raised your hand to say I'm a wordsmith or not. Um, the poetic kind of had flown through your father into you. And I know that's a huge part of your TEDx, which I really loved the nostalgia behind your TEDx because... Uh, I don't think a lot of people think to the past. They're often thinking towards like, how is this going to help this person moving forward? And your TEDx had this like pretty ribbon that came alongside it that allowed us to simmer on the people who have poured into us. And so um, I appreciated that part about it. There's a lot of things I appreciated about it because I love words so much, but um, the storyline connected to me as well. And I think about, you know, songwriters. I'm a poet for sure. And so there's that play and the acrostics are surely, Poet poetry, right? It's that they're taught taught anyway in, in elementary school. Um, so, how has this impacted your career since you were in this place of nothing, and then the the words started to really um, get cemented?
0: Yeah. So the writing that then ultimately became a book uh, went over four hundred and twenty some consecutive mornings. I would write wow. a book, write wow. like a Probably thirty. Just back up to the beginning of the question, though. Like probably about thirty days after that layoff. I mean, it was back in the canoe. I mean, back in the in the in the role. I had I had some networking, so it wasn't that difficult to find a job. Yeah, but it was incredibly scary, like a two by four in the back pit at that moment. Mm. So my my initial go to was back on the saddle, get back in, use your network, you know, and, and that worked out really well. But the yeah. writing continued, and it, it, it was almost like a a doodle, you know, or or a little hobby. But it was more than that because it was, it was a gift. It was a, it was a divine download. And I'll argue with anyone that wants to argue with me about that. It was not me. I just had a pencil. Yeah. And because the word, and I'll tell you why. Uh, one day I wrote a word. And I posted it out to, it was a small text group of friends. This yeah. was uh, several years ago. And one night I got a call from a friend of mine who is a pediatric heart surgeon. So he's operating on the hearts of babies of yeah. you know, seven days old the size of a wall. Mm. And he, I said, oh, okay, what did you need this word for? He goes, well, we're in scrubbing. We're getting ready to do an operation on a, on a newborn baby. And there were possibly 10 things that we would have to deal with when we went in. And each of those 10 things, there were at least that many combinations of solutions to the one. So they were scrubbing six or so feet. You think about it, they're in there, they got, you know, they're getting clean, they're talking through everything. And he goes, my phone went off. And one of my assistants pulled the phone up and said, "You have a text from Bruce." He goes, "Read it to me." And I, it was today. Be calm, and it was catch a little moment. Mm. He said to me that night, he goes, "That allowed us to step back from all of the um, maybe the rapid peddling, if you will, of what things could be." Mm. And we just, just hey, we've got this. And when he sent that to me, and it had an impact. The way he described the impact it had on their day. I knew that, that this was not going to stop. It had to keep going. So I kept the corporate career, tried to figure out what writing a book was like. I mean, you yeah. do it, and so you know that if you've never done it before, I mean, it's it's always good to be new at something, but yes. given a gift of writing, I just had to figure out the way to do it. So we took our time, but, but, but then the mission became whenever I'm booked to speak, which I stepped into as another calling because I've done sales presentations all my career, but actually to talk around something that is personal, Mm -hmm. impactful and how can we make it about the other person? It's not just me standing up and say, Hey, you know, mom, this, then job, this, then writing this, aren't I great? No, it was, how can this be used to impact someone in the seat? And that's when it just started to to blossom. And then we started every time we get booked to speak, we find a place to either speak that's uh, a not-for-profit, or we find a place where we can donate things. That's kind of the mission, and it just continued to grow. And it was almost impossible to keep them separate. I mean, it was still corporate America, but it was like, wait a minute, I'm I'm being asked to speak at this conference, but I've got this work thing. So it became blended as best we could.
1: It's really neat. I hope that those who are aspiring speakers listening um, picked up his little nod of tip right there that as he was invited to do something in a city, which we also practice this ourselves, that he picked up a secondary element, right? There is another opportunity in said city. You're being asked to go. And yeah, there's people at the conference or people at the mastermind or people at that thing, but there's an entire city. There's an entire community that could also really um, benefit from your gift and talent. And so to be really present, uh is in is just I think an invitation to all of us to find what are the people in that community that we can serve? How can we serve them? I love that you do it through the lens of a nonprofit. Um, we are doing one uh, actually connected to FounderCon with a Christian bookstore who is in the mall, which I love this so much. It's a store in the mall uh, that is also a sanctuary. And so they host worship nights and they're allowed to shut do shut-ins in the mall and just like blare the music during uh, working hours and afterwards. And there's been healings, there's been baptisms, there's been so much that's happened in this storefront, in the mall. So when I found out about it, I'm like, yes, we need to take a root in this place and to be able to invite other people in and then to serve that community is something that we're always looking to do as well. I'd love yeah. to hear, Bruce, as you took that arena because I think a lot of people think that their hobby or the thing that they're good at doesn't have place inside of the corporate arena. How have you been able to blend your faith? Because this is truly a Holy spirit. We can get into that part of your faith with this into the corporate arena, even though that might not be something you can put in the forefront of like, Jesus gave me this word, even though he did. Yeah.
0: Yeah, And thank you for asking that question because as part of being raised and watching my father, um, he wrote an amazing poem called they'll know I'm a Christian because yes. all the things that he s- didn't want to see as words, but wanted to see as actions, even though he was the word guy. So and it's, it, it, so it's, so I guess the word there is it's, it's very subtle. It's very much, um, every, first of all, everyone, I believe I want to, I want to say this as well. I think anyone who's questioning whether they have something of value to say that has an impact on someone. What would my message matter, right? We all have gifts, and I wrote that vertically. God installed features to share. We all have them, and Tamara, yours are different than mine. There are places you can reach because that's what you're touched and and you know blessed to do. And there's places that I can't, and there are places that I can. So I would encourage, first of all, everyone to say, "Go worry more about your gifts, Mm. comparing to what anybody else is doing, what it looks like." What it sounds like because it's uniquely you and that one person that you'll reach i couldn't reach and maybe you can't reach so i would say that so how do we how do we blend this in well the good news is i I just read an article by McKinsey that says more and more companies are trying to bring spirituality ceos are trying to bring spirituality so that's that current has shifted a little bit on its own for me the book intentionally maybe has two or three words written in it that would be faith-based. It has faith, it has risen, uh, it has gifts. Um, But I intentionally wrote this book at the calling of God to say, look, let me use this so that it can build some roots, and then maybe you'll have the opportunity for that conversation. So in the TED, which you are forbidden to be anything except ideas. Yeah, yeah. uh, I... Suddenly looked up to dad and mom and said thanks mom thanks dad and that yeah. was sort of my way and you know sometimes you just are available yeah and it's after the talk or you know you'll say you know and, and i don't know about you guys but and i tell my mom's story i said god was in the room i i call that god in the room and then 20 minutes after your talk someone will come up to you that last in line and they'll say thank you for your willingness to speak to that. So, yeah. um, you have to read the room. You have to understand where you are and be willing when probably.
1: Yeah, that's so good. Uh, I think about this question, and I'm glad that I asked it in this context because it's a consistent element of what the Founder Collective and the Founder Con is really. Um, intended to do and our passion to help people bring their faith as the foundation to how they show up and also the foundation to how they serve. And whatever their job title is, it doesn't really matter because it's not just for entrepreneurs. As an entrepreneur, we have a lot more leverage. We have a lot more freedom in how that looks. um Like I just got to pray with you before we got on the podcast and I get to pray with my team and um, we get to do a lot of faith-filled things. We do Bible studies and stuff like that where that doesn't always happen in the corporate arena, but I want people to understand that it's not a matter of where you put the faith. It's how you stand on your faith and how he gets to flow through you. And so to know that we're in the world, but not of the world allows us to utilize our words, which you're so eloquent at using allows us to use those words to penetrate. It says that the word is sharper than any two edged sword, And so we can either hurt people or we can heal people simply by speaking and oftentimes, even just a simple hello, we both know Marcus Ellis. He's always just like, hey, guess what? I love you. Imagine, you know, grown men, whenever he shares that he like has seen grown men weep in his arms simply by saying, I love you because they've never heard it. And so I would challenge the, the person who's listening right now, like, what is your sign off? What is the thing that you always say? Or maybe it's the first thing that you say to people. Maybe it's just the signature line in your email. Maybe it's something you send as an encouraging message once a week to a new person or once a day. Let's go, let's go big or go home, right? Let one time a day. Can you send an encouraging message? I don't care if it's even um, something that's screenshot out of Bruce's book. Like that would be such a gift. Okay. Like literally, can we take the challenge of utilizing our words? Um, this does say above the chatter are words matter. We always say that our words don't just matter to move us. They matter to move others. And so that's the publishing industry, right? Like once it's out there, it's kind of out of your hands and we can allow the Lord to do what only the Lord can do. Um, I imagine that this, this is not going to just be a TEDx talk. This is not going to just hit nonprofits. It's going to be on the bookshelves around the world. It's going to be changed into different languages, which would be such a fun. I don't know if you've ever played with like wordsmithing yeah. different languages yet, but to see how those words could flow together in another language would be so beautiful. What are yeah. your aspirations for it?
0: Yeah. I, my 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 goal as in, in the book and the speaking, it's yeah. just an opportunity, whether it's the one person that we get to chat with after a talk or something yeah. like that. There's so much potential that God has given all of us. And my, my sole goal is to help people understand that, find it, grow it, and then release it. Mm. I mean, it's real... That, it's that simple because help people help me find that in myself. That's good. Uh, Whether it was my parents, whether it was a little league baseball coach, whether it was a band director, you know, it's so, it's so easy not to take the time now to just have an encouraging message to somebody. You've got this. Or I love the way you did and you're insanely specific. So that just, I believe doing that creates its own ripple. And I, that's that's probably my biggest goal is in that goal, but but the aspect that is so affirming to me yeah. is when a message will come in, and it, or a note someone will write, or someone will call and say, "So and so, I saw your book, or I saw a message, or and I don't know who this person is, or the person who said they shared it with it." It's just the ripple effect. Yep. So the goal the goal is to continue to to do that, Pour into companies, organizations, associations and really have folks understand how important and how powerful our words are. One word you said is, you know, our words can slay, et cetera. Well, if you look at at words and you just put the S at the beginning instead of the end, Mm -hmm. words are a sword. So good. And a little bit more attention and because we just live by them, it's how we speak. And with that, if I can make one activational impact in the life of one person that I have, and I have the opportunity and the, and the blessing to speak with or share with or see a TED, um, then that's that's sufficient enough. I mean, I back to the whole first part of the story. Um, I am already, I've already won the lottery. I lived after David. Mm, and, so that's, okay. and I mean that sincerely. That I look back at that and say that that's the. I won the game. I, was, I made it. And now what, Bruce? So now it's all about how can I incrementally continue to pour up.
1: Mm. I think about just the storyline of that little baby girl. I think you said it was a girl. Regardless, that little baby that was getting that heart surgery. Um, my kiddos and I watched the movie 90 Minutes in Heaven. That's based on a true story and has been sold millions of copies around the world where the guy who was um, in a tragic car accident ended up spending – um, time in heaven. He was actually um, dead for 90 minutes, like fully dead, no pulse. They were gonna like take the car and have the body. Like it was a wild scenario, and um, it parallels to what we're saying. And something the Lord told me just a, several months ago, um, outside of a worship service in my church, where I, I couldn't stop worshiping. I'm like, no, 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 no. I know it's time to go into when the pastor talks, but I can't stop where I'm at. Like the Lord has me in this really special place. So I went out. I went out front. It was a beautiful, sunny day, and I was just like literally weeping and worshiping, and this lady actually came over to me, and she's like, ma'am, can I pray for you? I'm like, no, 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 I'm worshiping. I'm good. I don't need prayer. Jesus is with me in this moment, but the words that he said to me were, as steady as the wind, so is my word. And I like held that in such a like sweet, somber space of just because I love words and the wind never stops. And so as that little baby might never know, and just like that, that guy didn't realize until months after he was in his healing journey that someone's words were what kept them alive. And so your words, they, they were helpful to the doctor and the nurses and all the people in the room. It actually helped keep that child alive. And so there's such a lens on what that looks like. And you're a healer, like with your words. And it's so powerful. And I hope that more people, even as they're listening to this, they feel inspired to journal. They feel inspired to write. Because I don't think that this is a gift that is um, exclusive. I think the I think the Lord has so many writers, so many people who are transcribers, and um, the the word shop concept that you've brought into the corporate arena. Talk to us a bit about that and how it helps to inspire the practice of, of word shopping.
0: Yeah, there's a couple a couple. Uh, I can, let me just drop into maybe a couple different exercises at a high level. We do the first and foremost is everybody has a go to word, know it or not. Everybody has a word that either a grandmother said, a coach said, choir director said. That, that energized them a little bit. Hmm. It might've been from the depths to maybe a little bit higher, or it could be from high performance to peak performance. There's something, trigger, traction. Yeah. I got, this. there's some phrase or word. And what we do is we, we, we teach both to say, okay, you write your word vertically, and then you take a look at each letter and you just find that phrase or that word using just the letters with a sentence, with a, just a single word, whatever you would like to do, a a positive and negative aspect, you know, just what does that word mean to you and write it down. And and it's it's an amazing exercise because folks have told me they'll never look at their words again the same way. So that would be number one. Then number two, uh, let's say you've got a team, a corporate team or a worship team or something like that, and you all know each other and have worked together for a while, but you've never really had a conversation, Tamara, about what you mean to. Yeah. So I get Tamara and I write Tamra vertically, and then I just write, you know, totally faith based, you know, awesome energy, right? Um, makes things happen, are radiant with the spirit, and A is affirmed. That's my Tamara. Just made that up. To treasure,
1: um, y'all. That was live and in action. That was not pre-scripted. No, I just
0: we just that just that just came to me. So, Thank so what, what does that mean? I see the smile on your face, right? So, let's say there's some friction or there's some challenges of reading, reaching reading a goal, or maybe the the goals aren't aligned. But mm. if you take a moment and write another person's name, that's that's the purest thing that, that they so hear. Good. Third is really, I try, to, I try to express how words have perspective. And so, hmm. I, I'll, we can do this, this real quickly. Uh, the word bound can mean like mummified. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. The word buckle could mean like stumble or bend over, right? Yeah. The word uh, hold up could be unrestrained, mm-hmm. right? The word left could mean... I'm the only one mm. still here. And the word stuck could mean I can't live. Mm-hmm. Agreed?
1: Yep, got it.
0: Bound and determined. Bound for glory. Mm. Buckle down and do whatever it takes, right?
1: Yeah. Hold up.
0: You lifted me. Mm. Left. Thank goodness you were left with me and didn't leave the room. and stuck stuck with it. Same words just okay now what are we going to do now let's go solve a problem and say we're bound to determine that we're bound by limitations. Doesn't That's mean it's going to so be
1: powerful well, I think there's two things in in the examples. First off, I was also thinking about like my marriage and how what a powerful marriage tool that could be, right? To just like always remember, because how often do we say our husbands or our wives' names and maybe with some different tonalities, right? Like Gary, <laughs> right? Or Gary, like there's so many different ways. And then simultaneous to that is this knowing that like, The perspective of everything, people say perspective matters, right? Just change your perspective. But from a communication tool, specifically leader, um, a way that you would develop your team is just like when someone says, don't bring me a problem, bring me a solution, right? This is common. But if people are using a word, there's a reason they're using that word. Like they generally feel that way. Their mindset, their perspective is in and through that lens and that lens alone, And so I am now challenged. I always come to these with a desire to like, what can I learn? What spirit of conviction? Like, what does God have for me is is the gift of words, utilizing my love for them and actually using those words to flip their perspective in that very moment, because it could literally change the course of not only just their day, but the trajectory of your company, the trajectory of their life. And so that could be the language that you're using for your spouse, your team members, yourself, right? Like we look to our own selves and say words over us all the time. And so I'd be curious if people, as they're thinking about this, what words you guys have to drop them in the comments? What words do you say over yourself that are actually a sword of pain rather than can be a sword of the spirit and lift you up on the other side of that? It's so, so fun. Like it's, it's a fun game. I'm, pl- I'm excited to play. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so that, that again, it, it's quick. It's not a big deal. It's not you know a workbook for six weeks. It's okay. Now let's sit down and have a use it. And uh, it's it's proven to be helpful for me. And, and the feedback is that you know you just you just need a little bit of spark. Yeah, and I
1: well, and I think too, I think about it from a, like a mission statement or a value statement as well. It could even be associated to a project by project basis of like, okay, this year, my word this year was risk, right? It's like Dan Britton does the one word. Um, and I, I like really lean into that specific word. I'm like, Lord, you gave me this word. What did you mean? Currently, I'm not liking it, okay? Just to be completely transparent. But what if you could get an entire team behind a word and that's the mission of said project or mission of said year? And that could truly put emphasis on the the ailing points of your company or the trajectory points of where you want to go.
0: Exactly. So cool. For example, these two companies merge. Yeah. What's the culture? Mm. We've done that before where we, break into groups and come back with three or four different versions of what culture means. And then the CEO has at least something to work with as they're kind of trying to figure out because the engagement aspect, right. And retention and all those things about joy in your job and all that are, are top of mind. So that's another key, another key way to apply how you use your words.
1: Man, that's so cool, Bruce. So as you're like moving more into this vein from the speaking and teaching and, and writing perspective, what what do you want to see? Like, what do you want to do? Do you have other projects in mind or or open doors that you want to walk through?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's uh, it's speaking. Uh, it's it's programs with organizations that really are wanting to make an impact top to bottom. Awesome. So I, you know, sometimes it's a keynote. Hey, we got an hour and we just want to bring you in. Other times it's we want to put together a, a program where I may not write out everything as their program, but I, I want to be an integral part of how the communication steps work, how, what words are you going to choose to use when you do these sorts of things. And, and there's a lot around, uh, especially new employees, either out of college or first job or making a transition to middle manager, where, you know, a feeling of belonging, a feeling of really contributing and really being seen, An aspect of that is how does that communication happen, right? You know, someone can walk down the hallway and say, you know, whatever, or they can walk down the hallway and say, whatever it takes. Two different different cultures, two different energies.
1: So cool. It makes me so excited. I think are you doing this cuz I I haven't actually listened to your podcast cuz I didn't even know you had one until I read your bio. So what it's um can I have a word with you? Are you doing like what you do through your book or are you talking more to premises of words?
0: Yeah, so I have a partner, uh, Heather Carter, and okay. Heather and I uh, she's an author and a speaker as well, and cool. we just we just I've been always wanting to do this. So you know, I've been on a lot and it's so much fun and I thought yeah. you know, there, there's something that that we just need to keep this thing going. Mm-hmm. So Heather and I together. Sometimes we'll have guests, but uh, we're in our second episode now, and we just pick a word. What's the word going to be? And we talk about it and break it down. So and we cool. most of the time we're able to bring in a scripture that, that mm-hmm. has driven the word. Yep. Like uh, you know the word path. You know what does it mean? Or we did the word mirror. Mm.
1: Oh
0: my gosh! Right, the reflection. Yes. Right. The, the, the log in my eye versus the you know the, the splinter in yours um, yes. it's hard to look in the mirror why Wow. Um, we just spend 20 or you know 15 20 maybe 30 minutes on an episode it's called can I have a word with you and it's just fun because we just turn it on and say, what are we going to talk about today? We usually have the word we're going to do, yeah. but just let it go. And yeah, that's been a blast. So I fun. love
1: that. Well, good. I was like, gosh, am I a terrible friend? I had no idea he had this. So that makes me feel better.
0: <laughs> well, hey, listen, we we have been, uh, we are, we are the even in the book and the speaking, I'm really low promo guy. It's, I really yeah. feel like, and I say this a lot, that, that I'm basically on a gravel path. And the Lord has me with his hand behind him and up in front of that, Path 600 feet is a dump truck, and God's just shoveling out gravel. If I just stay on the path, I'm going to be the father. So I'm not really doing a whole lot, you know, except really word of mouth and where I'm making the ending. Because that's really where I want to go. I want to go with with the ending.
1: I love that so much, Bruce. I'm so grateful that I got to learn more about you today in this intimate and setting and in front of lots of people who are live with us. So we're so grateful you guys are hanging out. We hope that you will subscribe to the show, share Bruce out today on all of the platforms you're listening from. And uh, Bruce, are there any final things you want to share with the audience before we go? Yeah,
0: this, well, there's the phrase, it's my my, my three-word favorite phrase. And it's actually the first word in the first, the first three-word phrase in the, in the book. You know, I think this is, it's maybe a word of encouragement to everyone, whether it's ourselves, our spouses, our children, and it's the word, yes, I can. Mm. I think if we step first with the phrase, yes, I can, especially when we don't know what the path is to take or the instructions or the skill set. Yes, I can simply means that you expect success in challenging activities now. Step with a mindset of gratitude and possibility thinking and not celebrating our problems you know we don't need to give them extra time we just say yes I can and it's hard this isn't a flip of a switch but just a little bit each day it only takes a moment to change our momentum another word that I love and so that's what I'd say I just leave with an encouraging word of just saying yes I can
1: I love that. And I needed it for today. So, yes, I can and yes, I will. Right? If he will, we can. And I feel like so much gratitude or gratitude towards the way you simplified and the way that you uh you have a really beautiful cadence about your demeanor. Uh, and I just know that that blesses so many people and I can see why the Lord has you operating in the marketplace um, the way that you are and even through the church. But I can just see that that beautiful path, that gravel road is really going to interweave through a lot of corporate arenas that other people wouldn't have access to because of their, um, I won't say you don't have dominion because you surely do, but your dominating nature is not at the forefront of how you serve. And yet you have such authority through it. So I'm grateful. Um, to have witnessed that today And um, you guys have to follow Along with where Bruce is headed on this gravel road And surely you'll see the link For his TEDx He's got over like 300,000 TEDx views At this point and more to come And so we hope that you'll share that out as well And get his book You guys are going to love it I told him before that this is like our family coffee table And he actually even challenged That when my kiddos open it Because they always will It's like a daily devotional We talk about it through the lens of the Lord um, That he challenged them to even do the name project for one another, and so that's going to be a family uh, mealtime activity, and we'll, I'll have to share what we come up with. Bruce, thank you so much for being here, and I'm so, so grateful um, to have just met you, honestly. I hope that you'll come out to Founder Collective and serve us. I'll have to think of a, we can get your either your dad's uh, poem and your words up on stage because they're very impactful.
0: Thank you, Tamara. It's an honor to be with you. Thank you for your doing. Appreciate that very much. You're making a huge difference in the world.
1: Thank you. All right, y'all. We're done with the Fit and Faith podcast today, but we will be back. All right, quick interruption, but actually it's not really an interruption. It's an invitation. It's an invitation for you to come deeper, not just be a podcast listener that we really never get to interact with, but be a part of the family. Be a part of the foundation of what the Founder Collective is heart premised on. And that's Ephesians 2.19, that we are found in Him, that we are a family and operating as one on the foundation of Christ, with him as our chief CEO, our chief cornerstone. And what does that look like? How can you come in further? Well, we have a weekly Founder Collective call. That's a Zoom call. We'd love for you to be a part of it. It's open conversation, similar to how we have this podcast talking about business practices and truth principles and how we're actually living a life on purpose and in the presence of God consistently. And we want you to be in on the us because we want to make way for your message, for your movement to be known and to be equipped and to also be resourced. We love sharing resources. Was what we do in that weekly call. So you're invited. You're invited. Come one, come all to all the things. If you need more information, I'm sure wherever you're listening to this or seeing this, you can get it in the link. So look, go a little deeper, go a little further into what God is calling you into. This is a summoning. This is a call. This is a roundup for you to also be fully founded in Him as a founder in the Founder Collective. you over there. Check it out. And thanks again, Life Audio, for being you.
0: Have you ever attempted to read the entire Bible? Did you do it, or did you only make it part way?